chilled your delicate sensibilities. This has explicit fucking content. Hi, my name is Angela, and I have 30 years experience in the adult entertainment industry. And I'm Jordana, and my cornea specialist stares at my tits. Drift bear. I just know that my eyes are up here. Seriously, I got a shirt that says that. I wore it in there the next time I went. It's got like a skeleton and she's holding her eyes up here. <laughs> That's adorable. And he took one look at it and his eyes stayed <laughs> up there the rest of the time. But it turns out there's not a lot of cornea specialists. There's only two in this town and it's pretty, you know, a larger size town. Yeah. And I have an appointment with her in December. I'm so glad. Me too. It was really icky. Yeah. It sounds super. Like, I don't understand how a professional like that can get away with doing. I mean, you're very attractive. Thanks. I'm man. sure that you have a fabulous rack, but I also feel very confident that you're not the first woman he's done this to. How does he get away with that? Oh, no, because it was more than just looking at my tits a little. It was like this, Angela. No, the entire time he talked to me, it was his eyes up and down my body. You're getting kind of hot. <laughs> a little heated. I showed my therapist that mm-hmm. and she was like, you're making me feel gross. Yeah. You're making me uncomfortable. Please stop. Yeah. That's what I'm so I did it three more times and then I quit. <laughs> uh-huh. Enough about me. So what's going on in the news? Breaking news. There is an alarming amount of STDs right now. It's out of control, the STD situation. Out of control. Is this among all the ages or a specific age range? Everybody got the crotch rot. They got it. The trouser crickets. Never heard that before. <laughs> Is that really a thing? People say that? They... <laughs> I heard it on Tuca and Birdie, which is an animated series that I love. Tuca got crabs and she was calling them trouser crickets. Okay, but we're not talking about crabs here. But that is an STD, is it not? I mean, it's not really a disease. It's just body lice. That you get from sexual contact. I mean, you don't have to have the actual sex to get them. Jordana is Googling it. (laughs) How does one contract crotch crickets? Pubic lice gets lumped in with STDs. That's because people get pubic lice most often during sex, but pubic lice are not an actual disease or infection. Ha! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love the next questions people Google on this. How do you get crabs STD? Do crabs go away STD? <laughs> Can you get crabs non-sexually? How do you know if you have crabs STD? <laughs> Crabs STD symptoms. Crabs symptoms STD female. <laughs> Trouser crickets. Them them folk ain't real right. <laughs> right. All right. So um, listen, it's more like the big ones. So they're seeing an increase in syphilis, which had almost been completely eradicated in the U.S. back in the 90s. That's the shit that killed Al Capone. Yes. Yes, it is. Right now, there is a 26% rise in new syphilis cases. Wow. Do you know the symptoms of syphilis? I know that it can Swiss cheese your brain. If it you... sure can. Yep. Yep. It's bad. That's one of the bad ones. Although it can be treated. So, I mean, 
it's, it's a bacterial infection and you take an antibiotic and you're better. Once you've had treatment, you're, you're good. It's when you don't get treatment, when you have an infection that you don't know that you have, if you didn't get a sore that made you think, oh my gosh, I've got this thing and go seek treatment, then, you know, the Swiss cheese can happen. What other things can Swiss cheese your brain? I feel like I'm used to know this, but I forgot. (laughs) What I do know is that they're also seeing an increase in HIV cases. Um, There's a 16% increase in HIV cases in the U.S. What do you think is causing all of this non-wrapped bone zoning? Um, I think that during the pandemic, people were just like, fuck it, we're going to die anyway. Let's go out happy. And they were just, you know, screwing everybody and, and their brother and not really taking precautionary measures. I also think that there is a decrease in testing in general. I know that there's a lot of stigma around STI testing. People are embarrassed. They don't want to, you know, have their name reported to the CDC and, you know, have to contact the 25 other people that they slept with that month and let them know that they could have been exposed. And I I think it's just, it's, it's unfortunate that we have created such a, a stigma around it that people are uncomfortable even finding out and just testing and finding out that it's a problem for them. Well, and there's also the whole thing of where time is a wheel and people now might have forgotten the epidemics of the 80s and 90s or 70s and how the sexual revolution brought on certain things and what came after, what the consequences were. And maybe they're just living footloose and fancy free as though those things are not happening. Yeah, I'm really not one to judge because... um risky behavior is sort of sort of my cup of tea so yeah well I definitely wouldn't judge about that I don't I definitely was not putting any kind of judgment <laughs> on that at all I mean in general like I'm not like I can't even imagine what I talk to people who are very perfect they just do all the things right they use condoms and um, the, and they're on birth control and they've only had one sexual partner in their life and I don't, these people sound lame. Yeah. I don't really comprehend <laughs> how, how you do all that, but apparently it can be done. I went to the ER once because I was bleeding in my, my nether regions. Oh, in my vagina. It's my vagina. I was bleeding in my vagina and I shouldn't have been because I had no uterus. So I went, Oh yeah. So I went, I was having a lot of pain and they were very combative. As soon as I got there, they were, it was like, they were pissed off at me. My husband was in there with me and she started telling my husband I had an STD. They had never even touched me, looked at me, examined me. I hadn't peed in anything. They hadn't done any blood work, nothing. And she's just nurse explaining to my husband about that. I had an STD. Not it sounds like, or it I mean, did she say it sounds like maybe you could have an STD? They were telling me I had an STD that they needed to do a swab to confirm. So I'm like, not understand what the fuck's going on. They do the swab. They examine me. It's very painful. And 
they leave, they come back, they're like, well, I, yeah, you, you don't have an STD. I guess we're going to have to do a CT scan. And they were pissed because they had to do a, C- a CT scan. Um, the nurse doesn't even do the CT scan. She, the, okay. This, this <laughs> but I'm is, just saying like, wh- why does she care? I don't know what <laughs> any of it was about. It kept evolving into a worse and worse situation. Um, eventually she had like her fist balled up at me and was threatening me. The doctor came in because I was weeping at one point and told me that I needed to just be glad I didn't have cancer. Like it was a very horrific situation. The hospital ended up sending me money about it and I needed surgery. What was what was wrong? But they sent me home like that. They told me nothing was wrong that I needed to take a shit that I was constipated when in fact I needed like emergency surgery. Yeah, it was it was pretty hardcore. Yeah. But they made me pay a really big bill and I was trying to contest it. But I ended up having to pay it. This has been 10 years ago. Last year, I got a check in the mail for the entire amount that I had to pay them plus $1,000. What was that $1,000? Hush money? I'm guessing. Fuck them. Yeah. No, you definitely deserved that. And then some. Yeah. I mean, they probably figured you were able, you would have been able to sue them had you chosen to do so for their malpractice. But my point of going into that diatribe was to say that when you talk about people being judgmental about STDs, it sounds like even healthcare workers. Absolutely. Healthcare workers are judgmental about it. It makes no sense to me. No, it doesn't matter why you're sick. If you're a drug addict, if you're cooking on the street, if you're having risky sex in any way, that does not negate your need for healthcare. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. People should not be the keepers of who deserves to get well. I don't understand why it is the way it is where, um, you know, you go into a clinic and you just want to get discreetly, you want to get tested and um, attitude why I'm doing the right thing by getting tested, you know, making sure that I'm not spreading something. There's no need for the bitchiness. No need for it whatsoever. I know this lady who was a nurse and the doctor made her do his penis swab down in the head of his dick. It was like dripping with what is the gonorrhea? Gonorrhea. Yeah. It was like dripping with the gonorrhea. Okay. And he asked her to do it. But while she was trying to do it, he was shaking his peepee at her. Like in, with his hand or just like bouncing it up and down. Like, like do. shaking it sensually while oh, she was. Yeah. He was a wagon it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was, she told me about this later. She was like, why would I want, he's good looking, but his dick was drippy. Like yeah. why? <laughs> he obviously had the clap. <laughs> Not interested in hopping on that. <laughs> Yeah. Boys are weird. (laughs) That was sexual harassment at work, too. It was absolutely sexual harassment at work. Do you think he asked her to do the swab just so he could shake it at her? It was incredibly unprofessional for him to do that. He should have gone to another location where he didn't know the people. He didn't work with them and said, hey, can you can you swab me? Shake it like a Polaroid picture. (laughs) Why couldn't he swab himself? Oh, my God. That's a really good question. Yeah. I've swabbed myself before for, uh, there's a vaginal swab that you can do that tests for yeast and BV. 
If you're prone to bacterial infections, you may have done one yourself. If you go to an OBGYN, they're in there already and they'll do it for you. But if you go to like an outpatient center, they give you the supplies, tell you what needs to be done. You just stick the Q-tip up like you would a tampon, swirl it around a few times, put it in the solution and it's ready to go off to the lab to be tested. You should be a gynecology nurse. I would love to be. Why don't you do that? It requires much more schooling. I could get out my gynecology as a hobby kit right now and we could start. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) So it's time to ask you a listener question. What did you learn during your time in the adult entertainment world that you still use to this day? What did I learn that I still use today? That men are garbage? No, I always knew that kidding I like men I think I'm living proof that you don't choose what gender you're attracted to because it I would not choose men if it were a choice yeah because 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 I think men are garbage (laughs) (laughs) but you still want to bang them (laughs) I think that a big takeaway for me um, from the time being in the clubs was just a overall sense of how to deal with intense situations. There have been so many times in the club that I had I had to de-escalate some emergent situation where, you know, two guys were ready to go chest to chest. And, you know, I'm this little five foot tall girl. I come over in my little heels and my little suit and I'm like, no. And they listen. They talk louder, I talk quieter, and it's like dealing with a child. Once you lower your voice down, then then they start lowering it down, and next thing you know, everybody's happy. So you gotta use that authoritative mom voice. You gotta use the mom voice, sir. Did you call them, sir? Um, no, no. I'm not a yes, ma'am, no, sir kind of gal. No, I, I usually did not. Did you call him chief, buddy? What was it? I don't think I did. I, I just, you know, hey, you spoke at them. <laughs> about them. I don't think I use any pet names because I'm not like a sweetie kind of person either. I don't, but also with the, with the staff, you know, I had to deal with the entertainers and they can be a bit feisty at times dealing with them and all their wants and needs and issues. Today, we're talking to Hunter, who is a self-proclaimed garden variety whore. Welcome Hunter. Hey guys, thank you for having me. Uh, we're so happy to talk to you today. So let's talk a little bit about your horn. How'd you get started? I grew up There's literally nothing to do there except for drugs and fucking. So I did both. I got a full ride to college, moved to a larger city, and started exploring the kinks that I'd always watched online in porn. And really found a second family in there and formed a chosen family. And just from that, I've just devolved into depravity and hedonism. You're a little younger, so you kind of grew up being able to see any kind of porn you wanted to at the tip of your fingers. I don't know if I would say that. We still had dial-up and the very sound of it still haunts my dreams. (laughs) But yes, I did have access to a resource that a lot of people in early generations didn't have access to. So as a young man, what was your favorite porn? Bareback muscle bears. Describe that for us. So basic terminology in the gay bi community, bear is masculine presenting, hairy is a general rule, male. Think bodybuilder plus body hair. Bareback is just a depravity where you fuck without a condom. Uh, I think we we all know this one. (laughs) Don't know the audience. Right. 
Okay, so where'd it go from there? Led me into sneaking into a couple leather bars long before I should have, making friends with people who have helped me through a lot of dark times, forming really good connections across the country, especially Chicago, Lauderdale, D.C., San Francisco, and internationally in Montreal and Berlin. So is this how you got introduced to the orgy scene? No, I'm going to blame that on growing up in Brule. You can drink, you can do drugs, or you can fuck. Or you can do all three and have a real fun time. Oh, I know all about this. (laughs) So what I'm hearing is growing up in an area that I thought would be more conservative as young adults, teenagers, you guys were already participating in orgy times. There was nothing to do. You couldn't go up the road and have anything to do. There There was just nothing. There were not any arcades. A lot of us came from lower income families so we couldn't just go out to eat to spend time but so we'd go to a strip mine light a bonfire we had a bonfire out of tires (laughs) (laughs) and then you had group sex some people had group sex but not you i don't know depends on how you define group sex if you're doing a sex act while other people watch is that group sex i don't think it is but some people think it is most of the time it would start off as something innocent like skinny dipping as the night wore on people were already naked and stuff just happened oh stuff happened <laughs> like how i frequently slip in my mouth falls on a dick <laughs> oops i mean yeah it happens yes right it happens <laughs> so we talked to someone before who who is a group sex enthusiast and he talked about going to clubs you said you go to clubs but they're they don't cater to pan audiences they're gay i have been to several pan clubs but they're not generally where i enjoy myself uh just because most in the pan community are still very sheltered when it comes to kink uh, especially the straights rule number one is do not scare the vanillas life's hard enough we don't need them to try to outlaw sex so you can't really let loose and have fun if you're wanting to do something kinky in those settings things have gotten a lot more progressive you can do a lot more and you can even do things like i've done which is teach classes and teach people how to do things safely intelligently uh give them tips give them guidance and they can propagate that further and extend the level of safe kink so what are you teaching in these classes uh (laughs) are you all familiar with the term handballing is that like fisting it is that is one of the classes i've taught i've taught bondage which also includes safe tie points uh for both male and female bodies uh so i've taught fisting classes to educate people on both getting into the hobby being safe while doing so trimming their nails for fuck's sake basic things that shouldn't have to be taught but it helps a large group of people and prevents a lot of injuries within our community i just recently had a a nail injury in my butt (laughs) but not from fisting well no no not from fisting lame (laughs) i know i'm sorry (laughs) work on that in the future Have you ever seen anybody with a fisting gauge tattoo? Yes. Like, I've always wondered if those really happen or if that was a myth. Yeah, I can bring up a few that are minimalist designs, uh, such as just consecutive rings. And then there are a few that use actual rulers, and whenever they joke around with the straights, they tell them it's a fish ruler. A fish uh, ruler. There are some that I've seen that have been worked around the contemporary tree or geometric designs where it's paced out in inches in scale. The community can get pretty creative with those, uh, as can most communities with tattoos. So when we were talking earlier about the straights and scaring them with your kinks, I need to know what these kinks are that are so scary.
scary. What are we talking about? <laughs> I guess the bondage is a class I've taught. I've had to teach tie points on where to safely tie. I've helped demonstrate in a suspension class. If you all are familiar with that, there are a couple ways to do it. Are you talking about piercing suspension? Yes. Okay. There are a couple of ways to do suspension play, and piercing is one that is popular enough to warrant discussion. My kinks in general, I do love bondage. I do love ass play. Love role play to a lesser extent. Uh, group sex can be fun. Water sports with the right person is amazing. When you say water sports, are you talking about urine? Yes. Okay. I just needed to make sure because I've always heard that called golden showers. Yeah. No. <laughs> Again, don't scare the vanillas. I feel uh, like golden showers is a really, I feel like that's a good replacement. Oh, the I water agree. Like, way better. My kink is again in leather bondage and SM. Everything else is just a sub facet of that. Do you do the piercing suspension? I have done the piercings twice. Uh, once I was guided, the second time I was also guided because I do not feel comfortable enough to do that on my own. But yes, I've put in uh, two hooks. So two movies immediately come to mind. Strangeland with Dee Snyder. Have you seen that? have not but educate me it is a movie d snyder from twisted sister wrote directed and starred in it's a super fun movie he is a serial killer but he's also into all that shit that's a fun trope i'm so glad that got started and <laughs> he does that to people but he also like pierces them he gets caught at the very beginning of the movie so that's not entirely what the movie's about but anyway it's a really fun movie because it's not like every other movie you've seen and the other one is cruising without pachino have you seen that one? I remember bits and pieces of it, so yes. Because he's a cop and he's investigating serial murders that are going on within the gay BDSM community. There's a fisting in the movie. Again, gotta love that trope. When you say trope, that to me makes it sound like that's something that happens a lot in movies. And those are two things I've never seen in another mainstream movie. Trope in the sense is more being used for how people regard anyone into leather and more extreme kinks. They automatically default to either satanist murderer psychotic etc and a lot of that's out of fear and just not knowing out about the subject to be educated that's understandable so like the storyline would involve somebody who is a serial killer and then you find out that everybody should have known because he was into all these crazy like prison that's not the thing the people who were into this are the ones that were getting murdered i gotcha he was trolling those bars to pick people up fair but I believe she touched on what I was talking about, where that is a very common boomer Christian way to look at things. Forgive those terms. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to forgive those terms here. Well, not all boomers are bad. Same as not all Christians are bad. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, whatever. If a 70-year-old lady hears about a kink and goes slack-jawed, I'm going to tell her where her and the shrimp she just ate can go. And where is that? Uh, according to their favorite little book they like to thump on, it's in hell. She can also be fucked the devil. It's fine. What does the devil look like to you? Oh, it's hot. <laughs> Full disclosure, not religious. I will make jokes at any religion, but it doesn't really apply. I thought you were going to say Tim Curry in Legend. That's a tough one. I mean, if I get to pick, like it's the seven people you in heaven style. <laughs> I might take Goldberg with 
the Seder half seems good enough for me. So where do you draw the line? Hard limits. I will not do permanent inking or scarification. Blood for the sake of blood. That's a hard limit because it's excessive for no purpose to either party. Scat because to be honest, if I smell it, then I'm just not going to be hard anymore and no one enjoys a floppy wiener. Question. Is the video of the one chick eating cereal out of the other chick's ass, is that scat porn? Hilarious. Uh, But no, I mean, that would just be speculum play with a lot of creativity and potential yeast infection down the road. The milk is brown at the end. I mean, she could have probably used a shower shot or an enema. But let's face it, she took a speculum like a boss. It's probably squeaky clean. (laughs) (laughs) She's the expert in this scenario. I'm going with her to say it's probably clean. Gotcha. You don't get into heavy ass play like that not adequate enough. I just like to get opinions on that. I also like to get opinions on, is it bestiality in the porn where the chick puts eels in her pussy? I don't spend enough time on the internet. I have not seen that. (laughs) That would be the Japanese trend where the censors made them replace all of the penises or peni with tentacles. And from that like spawned the hentai octopus fantasy. Please tell us about the history of hentai porn. Uh, Censorship is bad. You develop fetishes because you stop people from just enjoying themselves. And because of that, it became fetishized where it wasn't before. I'm a fan of those comic books, by the way. With with the tentacles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I too like the tentacle. Um, Yeah, so it just sort of created its own fetish in an attempt to censor a different one. So you have seen the video. Yeah. Is it bestiality? And it's purest sense, yeah. Do you, do you, have I talked to you about this? Do you think it is, Angela? We have not spoken about this. And I have not seen the video. But do you think that's bestiality? I don't know. It's, it's not an actual beast. It's not? It, it is, though. Is it? It's an animal. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm not putting eels anywhere in my body because they gross me out. But I don't know. <laughs> it's more, right? <laughs> I really don't know if it is or not because the beast does not, in my opinion, you know, obviously this is just opinion based, but since the beast is not penetrating her with its penis, but then again, it's penetrating her with the whole body is, is gerbil play bestiality. Built by technicality, yes. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It probably is. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but it just doesn't feel the same because it's not... It doesn't feel the same. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Tiffly Winks. South Park, the Tiffly Winks episode. Lemmy Winks. Lemmy Winks. Are you going to start talking to me about tropes again? Because that one definitely hits up some shit. I don't actually mind the Mr. Slade character. Yes, it's a trope. Yes, it is exemplifying a lot of the worst characters that are associated with our community. And it's also mixing them with a few that the community has worked very hard to try to incorporate and make feel at home. So at the time for South Park, it was a callous and insensitive portrayal, but that's not a bad thing. Shining a light on things like that are good. The big gay owl character could have probably been wrote a bit better, but hey, again, it's South Park. Shine a light on the bad shit and it'll get sorted out. I think I get what you're saying, as in sometimes when it's a writer or a, a show where nothing is sacred, it's kind of okay when they do certain things. Like on The Simpsons, nothing is 
sacred on the Simpsons, but the, in the end, they do shine lights on things. Yes. Or with Quentin Tarantino, it's strange how he always makes the person who seems to come in last the victor in his movies, but he also gets away with things nobody else would be allowed to get away with. And I think that maybe that's why. Maybe. Maybe that's how South Park does it, too. I agree with that. Uh, like I said, South Park rips on everyone equally. It's fair play. And again, the Mr. Slave one isn't bad stereotypes. It's just a Leatherman who has been living the role 24-7. That does happen in our community. Have you ever befriended or met someone who went on to live that role 24-7? I do. I have, and currently still do know them. Did you feel like you were losing a friend or anything? Not at all. So ultimately, if that's where somebody finds they're happy, they're not being taken advantage of, this is all of their own volition and choosing, their own consent, there's nothing to be sad over. They're just doing what makes them happy in their life. Consent is everything. And to be honest, if someone in the community doesn't get consent or breaks that consent and abuses it, it gets around fast and it gets resolved. What is the funnest timeout you ever had. And I narrow it between two for vastly different reasons. Please do. So in Berlin, there is a fun party that when translated, it means horse market. Literally one of the best times of my life to the point that I went back to Berlin every Easter to participate in it with the exception of the coronavirus times and the times after because reasons. Like monkey monks. Fucking apocalypse. We survived one and we had another. Mm Mm-hmm. At this point, just press the red button. Mm -hmm. So a horse market or fixed student mark is where mares will sign up to be put into their, well, stalls. And stallions will go around and breed them. This sounds like a glory hole, almost like a glory hole thing. Think of it more of a buffet. Oh, okay. Yeah. The mares decide that what they want to do is to be placed in the stall and used either anonymously or known. And that can be talked about before setting up the actual placing. They can choose the role. Once they choose the role, that is the role that they're in for the party. They're put in, they're either chained up or just voluntarily on benches, slings, pick any variation of fun little bits of furniture, knees. Anyone who wants to come in can walk around the horse market, see who, what, or where they want to fuck, go wild for as long as they can stay hard, and leave. And everyone has a good time. Have you ever seen anybody in a stockade? Yes. That sounds hot. So what was the other time? The other time was Lauderdale during Pig Week. I was spending time with friends. Who Excuse me. The fuck is Pig Week? Ah. Yeah, sorry. Pig Week. It is an event that happens in, we'll just say the later part of the year in Fort Lauderdale. It started up nine or ten years ago. It's just a great event where you can go, you sign up, you get your dog tags, you have access to multiple private homes, events, play spaces that are set up and provided, routines that are set up and provided on a nightly basis for one week. It is for gay men. It is also for gay men who enjoy, let's just say, the more hedonistic side, where all you really want to do is get your rocks off in a fun way. For some, that's getting fucked by as many people as they can in the short amount of time as possible, and that's okay. For others, could just be a voyeuristic opportunity, and for a lot, it is fuck anything 
anything and everything that you want. And then go get tested at the clinic two weeks later because responsibility. Have you ever had a bad experience? God, this sounds bad. When straights go into bars that they're typically advised not to go into, for instance, when a bridal party tries to go into the back room of a leather bar, no one's having a good time there. One, it's not a goddamn zoo. Two, if you want to watch... Go on the internet. There are lots of performers. You can pay the $2 and they'll do it live for you. Or you can watch it for free anywhere else. There are places to get that information without having to make a space awkward or uncomfortable. Not everyone belongs everywhere is a good way to put that. There are times and places for everything where it would be welcomed. There are other nights where, have either of you heard of uh, gear nights or protocol nights? No. So gear and protocol nights are typically where a bar would have a room closed off or just the entire bar being closed unless you would come in with certain attire. A lot of times it was placed on leather. Modern bars have somewhat co-opted it down to don't wear flip-flops and a tiki shirt, but it used to be show up in full formal, show up in high cow, show up in some form of leather to at least show that you're part of the community to be allowed in if it was considered a play night. That way the bar could have its regular hours and bring new patrons into the community on the nights that weren't specifically for those artists entrenched and the ones who were already integrated into the community they could come in on the like protocol nights and there would be a fun hedonistic time any tips for people who have always wanted to get involved but don't know how to go about it yes uh so many in fact one everyone who's listening to this should have access to the internet please get in touch with local resources get in touch with global resources uh fit life is one that has a lot of just forums and blogs that can be read. I don't work for them, not advertising them, just trying to help. There are plenty of local kinky associations that do education nights, such as Titans of the Midwest do Kink You. Pig Week does educational classes. All of these are things you can go to and attend to learn how to do it safely. I advise if anyone ever tries to do anything without consent, punch them. Square in insert body part that would cause the most pain here. <laughs> And then walk away. Be safe. Be educated. There is just not an excuse for lack of education anymore with the internet. I genuinely believe that a lot of the newer crowds coming to it are a byproduct of the Fifty Shades uh, series. I have my own personal hangups on that being someone's intro into kink, but ultimately what I want to leave on as far as that particular thorn in my side, that is not representative of the community. It is not fully consensual. It would not be tolerated in any leather or kink communities that I personally know of. But Fifty Shades. I do know. Thanks so much for talking to us today. That was great. Welcome. Thank you all for having me. Anytime we get to talk about fisting is a good time. <laughs> Fucking A. Right. And with that, we're, we're here, here if you need, need to talk. talk. Did I scream?